Hello guys and welcome to the MSC Performance Podcast with myself Luke, uh, the winning captain from the Metcon Games and I'm joined with the loser of the Metcon Games, Sonia. Lovely, nice introduction. Hello everyone. Hi Luke. Um, fair play. It is what it is. Still still <laughs> on a high from the Metcon Games. Now it was there, uh, yeah. Today we're going to talk a little bit about the Metcon Games. We're going to review how, what happened. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, concurrent training and kind of how that would benefit both being good at the Metcon Games, but also probably 95% of the people that are training at the gym um, and probably something that is lacking from a lot of people's training. So we're going to talk a little bit about um, adding in some kind of cardio slash conditioning or, or, or general movement, fitness, whatever you want to call it, into your training um, and kind of like the pros and cons of that and uh, dive into the nitty gritty. But first, can we talk about my win at the, uh, the Metcon Games on you? Uh, yeah, look, how, how did you find the game? So it was the first time you took on a team. How, how did you find it? So I'm 100%, is what 100%. 100% win rate. Uh, I thought it was excellent. Uh, all jokes aside, I thought it was excellent. Um, <laughs> I thought it was a good combination. So the last one that we did was very strongman orientated, very heavy. I thought this was a really good balance. And what I like about it is it gives everyone a chance to shine. It's not relying on one or two people that are incredibly good at strongman or incredibly good at fitness. It gave everyone a chance to, to do well in at least one or two events. So you had your kind of strength or strength endurance based ones. So you had your trap bar max, you had your, your bench, as many reps as you can get. Um, you had a few different longer based condition ones and you had a shorter power based one. So there's something for everyone in there. And I think it's just great to give everyone a chance to, to, you know, give points to the team and makes people feel good. And I think it was a, a well-rounded uh, competition and it was super close, which is what you want really. Like, and I'm, jo I'm joking about obviously winning, but uh, it's it's nice for it to be close and it's nice to be competitive. And it, it gives people that extra little bit of a push because at one point I think you guys were winning 3-1 and you was like, if you won the next event, like you'd already won. Everyone just starts to drop the head a little bit and doesn't really, you know, contribute as hard as they would yeah. do if it was close. So yeah, I thought it was excellent. Um, I think that just, just like one thing to add is that we always have kind of like a different sort of members there like we have solid base there but I think again these games we had a couple of new members who I'm really really pleased they actually joined because yeah. you know how people are always scared of doing the games because it sounds like something you need to train for or you yeah. need to have certain level of fitness I think like again they got the clarity that like oh actually like yeah I could do well and it was really really good like the, the feedback we got was great everyone it, enjoyed that it's similar to kind of like when people say oh I'm gonna wait till I'm a really good weightlifter or oh, I'm a really I'm good ready. powerlifter yeah. and I could be it's the same with the Metcon games obviously on a slightly lower level that oh, I'll wait till I'm you know, one of the better people in the Metcon groups it's like absolutely not like you saw people getting in that by their own admission would say that they're not the strongest person yeah. on the group and they were still smashing it they were contributing points and I thought it was there uh, yeah I thought it was fantastic what was the uh what, well first of all why did you choose we had two joker cards for the people that don't know so uh we both agreed to do the strongman medley yeah. but then what made you choose the uh, the role for yourself no, actually, the, the trap bar. Trap bar, big So point. That was, for me, that was a big surprise. Because you originally, we spoke and you said you were going to do one. Well, yeah. And then you changed the trap so bar. So, actually, look, I know it's almost a week after the games, but I'm still getting back into it and I can't get over it that I should have chosen my joker differently. What would you do? I would chose the ski erg, but actually because we used it as the last exercise, last uh, event to kind of get the final point, I don't know if I would be able to. No, we wanted that to be Okay, team, so yeah. if anything, I would choose that because 
like I think in that event I would be like the stronger person whereas the trabar I could have been a bit more tactical and think you guys yeah. had quite loads of lats yeah and you were lifting like 200 plus which I was my my deadlift wasn't really any benefit 160 yeah on a day which so... is obviously the higher end of what some of the women were getting which is fantastic but yeah that kind of event is, is one on the stronger people, yeah. I think. So because we had we had James and for me that was a a, a banker. Exactly. Like uh, yeah, yeah, like looking back, I would do it differently. But on that day I was actually just really enjoying it and I wasn't that bothered about yeah. like which event I'm gonna do. Yeah. Um Ada as a captain said like you know, we want you in any. So yeah. I don't know. I just I just kinda wanted to do that left that list because yeah. I think because I missed the Christmas one. Yeah, uh, yeah, I that's, think. Fair, that's fair. <laughs> but also like you know, if you thought if you looked at your events, you're like, okay, we're gonna win the winning one. you won the winning one. Uh the strong man, which was super close. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then you're like, okay, this is one that we probably will lose. But if I can contribute a few extra kilograms, exactly maybe it could yeah. tip it up. So it's, it's not a bad I chance. obviously wanted to make it mostly about members, like yeah. You know, we got everyone involved. The kids of the complex could be the one I could do, but I yeah. was just pleased watching everyone else. Yeah. So, um, how did you find the strongman? I think you did really well. I think we our times were were really close. What did you get? Uh, I got one point one point three. Um, one three. One out three. Yeah, yeah, I got one minute ten. I think. Yeah. So um, not bad, Luke. Not bad. <laughs> thank you, Sonia. Thank you. Um, yeah, I thought it was great. Um, I was really happy because I actually beat Ricardo's time. And oh, I thought that wow. was incredible. And then Alex was the fastest time in because obviously we had a women's and we had a men's different weight categories. Yeah. Uh, but Alex like smashed it. I was mm. really surprised at how fast he did compared to Ricardo. I think the difference is because Alex weighs probably 10, 15 kilos more than myself and mm -hmm. Ricardo. Um, that drag at the end was super tough. I think it was yeah. like 200, 250. Yeah. Um, so like the other bits moved pretty fast, really happy with them. Then it got to that drag. And because I'm only fucking only weigh 78 kilos, it's it's it was pretty difficult. Yeah. Uh, it did make me laugh actually. The the run back, I'm glad I went like third because the the run back after the drag was, was actually quite tough. And obviously Josh fell over doing it. Yeah. Um, and hurt his I think he hurt his knee pretty bad actually. Um, so yeah, the drag not great, but uh, <laughs> okay. yeah, but the drag the drag was tough. But the rest of it was great, and I, I really love the strongman stuff. It's, it's something good. I spoke about before where. I would like to do a strongman comp, like maybe an under 80 kilo strongman comp at some point. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's tough. I also really enjoyed doing the bench press as well because in my head it was like, yeah, 25, 30 reps. And then in the end, it was a hell of a fight to get 25. Um, but that was one where I think maybe if I have done the joke, I think you might have won because we needed 13 reps, which is pretty tough yeah, to get. Yeah, yeah. I think Ricardo got 20, but then the next best one was probably 13. So again, it would have been incredibly close. Some like, really good performance there um including yourself like it's impressive to bench Ricardo getting 20. I know yeah I think Alex got 16 or 18 uh which is still really good. yeah no no it is it's very good yeah <laughs> and then obviously Jack uh, doing the half body weight <laughs> for me as well um obviously the heavier you get the the, the more impressive relative strength yeah. is like someone like doing two times body weight squat compared to a 120 kilo guy it's it's not quite like for life so when you see James who weighs like 95 97 getting 12 or 13 reps on the bench to me that was really impressive yeah. Uh, so yeah, there were some really good performances. Um, and I, the one thing you want to talk about is the, the concurrent training. It kind of leads on to like how impressive I found like so many people in that that were both strong, but also like very good fitness wise. Uh, and obviously this the Metcon games and, and stuff like strongman is very heavily based around you need to be strong, but you also need to be fit. Uh, but I guess we're going to talk about like how adding in extra cardio work would be a benefit to some people and how like a lot of people are kind of lacking that.
So you obviously, you train concurrently, you do, mm-hmm. you pretty much do twice a day sessions, mm-hmm. uh, one cardio and then one more strength, strength yeah. or weightlifting base. Yeah. Uh, and how do you find that? Do you feel like any different compared to when you were doing just more strength work? Like, how have you found things? Um, you know, it's, it's quite tricky to say if I find any difference because I kind of always been doing concurrent training. Um, so I've never found like, I never found it like difficult. Yeah. Um, I think I'm quite efficient with, sets and reps um and like recovery in between i think i can get my sessions done really quickly compared to other people and i that and i think this is the reason why one thing that strikes me is that whenever you're doing training you do a lot of like not always every minute on the minute but you do Mm -hmm. a lot of like two minute rest Mm -hmm. periods 90 second rest periods sure um so you know that just that that's just showing how this definitely the fitness component definitely helps um same with recovery like i'm i'm training pretty much every day which again like might not be good for everyone um and if i need to i take a day off but i feel like because of my fitness i'm able to do so yeah um so i think the concurrent training definitely helps me with this like i can do a heavy lifting session and then train in the morning again um but obviously the session is like adapted like I, i wouldn't do anything like lifting wise again uh, in the morning because the, the period is short but yeah I think like as long as I feel fine it's definitely the element of doing both um, so yeah as you said like one thing is being just strong but like in a strongman event to actually push through the event and lifting at your max effort at each and how many events is yeah. it on like a comp like six it's only five or six five yeah. or six so yeah like it's your not ability just, to recover in between mm, them and be ready because you see, you, you did touch on it there, like for a lot of people there, they're not got the luxury like we do to train for like two, two, three hours a day, whatever it is. Um, if they've got literally an hour to train, mm-hmm. if they've got a better base of fitness in terms of the amount of volume they're going to accumulate over that day compared to, if they have to take four or five minute rest periods compared to two minutes, you're literally getting in double the amount of work. Yeah. So a lot of people who are lacking this aerobic base would benefit so much more from like a time perspective, but also just the amount of volume that you would accumulate. I think it's massive and I think it's something that's really underappreciated by a lot of people. We always joke about the powerlifters having like 10 minutes rest in between. Which obviously it has its place yeah, in it. Somewhere. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, not all. I mean, I pride myself on being quite, quite aerobically fit. You know, I played basketball a couple of yeah. times a week. Before that, I used to do a lot of hiking, used to do a lot of walking. So I'm not going to win any like marathons or anything like that, but like aerobic base is pretty good. But even for myself, sometimes I'm finding like, because I've got the rep one that times the rest periods. It's like first squat six or seven minutes sometimes. So I'm like, oh, do I need this actually? Like, is this just because of my fitness? Is this uh-huh. because that's what I'm believed to be the right thing? But all of a sudden, you find yourself resting six or seven minutes, and then the sessions, you know, at, towards the end of a, a two and a half hour fear session, it doesn't matter how fit you are, you are going to start to be to be flagging, yeah. if not physically, mentally. So like, would your session be better if you could reduce your rest periods down to become a little bit more manageable and get that session to be a bit more of an intense, like 90 minutes to two hours versus three hours of a slog and then you're mentally starting to get taxed, it's getting late, you're getting tired. I think like, as you're saying, um, in a gym, but also like why people should should be willing to do the extra work, like the conditioning or adding these little things up, um, could be potentially potentially because like you yourself are you really like hiking and i think people should be able to do this outside gym as well like being able to to have a good walk or you know not just like do a a gym session i don't know an hour and that's about it like 
people it's, it's great for your training to be able to let you do whatever you actually want to do in life you don't have to like second guess if you're you know fit enough to do a walk you want to be able to do everything you can do and your training should help set you up for how you want to enjoy your life and for some people that's going to be big hikes for others that would be just like a little walk like exactly because like many people who come to msc obviously have like an office-based job and when you actually speak to them about their activity outside the gym it's like i get it but it's it's shocking like they barely walk like some people manage maybe like three thousand steps a day yeah which it's scary it's yeah we talk a lot about i mean there's, there's probably more to it than just the steps, but people's quality of life and also like life expectancy, how much higher that is when you go north of 7,000 yeah. steps, which, I mean, it's 12 o'clock, I'm on 6,000, you're probably on a million thousand steps. But like, it's we take for granted how easy we get the steps. So we're obviously in an active job. It's obviously a lot more effort if you're working in an office space, but like little things that you can change just to improve your overall steps. And the steps, is, I've, I think doing seven to 10,000 steps a day for most people is enough of a base of fitness to get a lot more out of your training. When people are doing 2,000, 3,000 steps a day, like, first of all, I don't know how, because I'll have made my breakfast and I've been a thousand steps. Yeah. I just don't get how it can be so low. I know. Um, but I think just getting up your daily steps up to a certain amount is going to be enough of a improvement in your aerobic fitness to, to A, recover better, but also actually completing your sets as well. Because if you've got tough sets of eight, your fitness level is quite low. Uh, you're going to be limited by your actual ability to breathe and to, to be able to have the fitness to complete a set. You're going to really be limited by how much weight you have to, have to lift. If you could build your fitness up and do 80% for eight, which is a tough set, but mm-hmm. compared to doing 65% for eight, because you're getting so gassed, the adaptation you're going to get from that's going to be massive. I think like I've seen it even now after the games, like a couple of people did not make it on Monday. And like this. God, you hated that, didn't I you? Hated you've, that. you've been on about it nonstop since. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Sorry, I'm over it now. But I'm just saying that they still saw. Whereas, let's say, I know I did not do all the events. We did two, did you, Sonia? I know, but I was back on training on Sunday yeah. and some people are still sore and it's Wednesday. Yeah. Um, and again, this just shows that like most of those people are only doing the Metcons. Um, so they actually don't do much of strength the work. novelty of the strength the novelty training. yeah and let's say like ricardo you mentioned before um he does bits in the gym as well quite quite a lot so i think like that's why he was kind of like complex um i think connor did really well as well yeah. um but obviously he's been doing metcons for a while so you can tell the difference you can see if people actually getting the benefit out of both um because it definitely works both ways. You've got people that do just purely strength training that would benefit from more general activity, more general fitness uh, to improve their strength training. And you would also get people that you know, want to push the metcons mm. harder, don't particularly enjoy doing strength training, but would benefit from doing a little bit of strength training, improve their kind of force output, would get so much more from exactly. the Exactly, and movement it works, quality. Yeah, it yeah. works both ways big time. Um, and you see the people that are best in Metcon. I mean, the ones I enjoy, like, you know, people that do do both. You can see their output is so much higher, their power, yeah. their speed is so much higher because of the strength base that they've got. So it definitely works the other way. I guess there is a point which... I mean, 95, maybe even 99% of people do not need to worry about the interference effect. But that's, I guess, the one big yeah. thing that people start to worry about when they're considering doing cardio. Like, oh, I'd love to add in some steps, but I'm really worried that my squat's going to tank 20%. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about, like, the interference? We obviously do uh-huh. a lot of reading on it. There's a lot yeah. of research on it. Um, in, in the bigger picture, like you said, let's say it's going to uh, decrease your squat by 20%. That That's definitely not going to happen. I think for someone who's just doing like a general training for like well-being 
um, you're definitely better off doing both, um, which like Luke said, one would benefit to another. Um, if you're, let's say, a competitive powerlifter, I don't think like you would let yourself benefit um, from really exhausting yourself through heavy medcons and heavy sessions. Like you would literally need to work your training around, but you would still be good doing some conditioning work for the benefits we mentioned earlier. Um, I, yeah, if it's again, if it's well managed, well planned, I don't think it would impact it that much, but there is definitely a small percentage which would have the effect on like, you got, I think it's the saying you always um, say, I really like it. I don't know if I'm going to use it correctly, but like find, um, fight your battles or found your Fireballs. Yeah, is yeah. it the one? Like you told me as well that like I should pick one thing I really want to be good at, because like you know how I wanted to be good at everything like crossfitting, running, strongman, and you just you just can't. Like it's difficult to. Give, you yeah. can be, you can be good at a lot of things, but if you want to be excellent at yes. one, it's, it's incredibly difficult. Yeah. I will say when you get back about like the powerlifting thing, it's like you know the best training I've had for for competitions and stuff. I've still been doing like walking. The difference is, is as you get close to competition and your training stress is a lot higher, you're not climbing Snowden yeah. and you're not trying to climb Snowden as fast as you can. You're not doing the free peak challenge. You're doing exactly. more kind of leisurely walks, but you've still got that small dose. It's all the doses, isn't it? Mm. Um, as your training stress is increasing for your strength work, your cardio and your condition stuff becomes on the backbone a little bit more kind of into maintenance 100%. mode. Um, so yeah, even like, you know, the week of a competition, I'd still be going for like light walks, still be getting the 10,000 steps yeah. in because the overall goal of, yeah, also a weight class um, athlete, um, that would also complement that. But then the difference is like, like you said, how intense you are going into it. I like to think a lot about the interference about like, if I go for a hike and I'm going for a leisurely hike, mm -hmm. if I go for a leisurely hike and trying to be the best powerlifter ever, they complement each other nicely. If I was going for the best powerlifter I could be, and I also wanted to climb Snowden in the fastest, fastest time ever, the difference between taking part and doing something leisurely compared to doing something as intense as you can is massive. And that's when you start to get the interference yeah. effect. If you now you you do some running, you do some uh, you do a lot of cardio, which is obviously the sport that you do. But if you wanted to run, uh, I don't know half a marathon the fastest time that you mm. could that would take away for your weightlifting training 100%, like, doing some running doesn't yeah. at all even when like i was like in peaking phase and i wanted to pv my lifts like i was backing off um the conditioning like loads of off feet yeah you you gotta pick the priority so yeah as you said like if you want to be the best at it does it matter what you do yes and no so yes as you said like the, i think it was a really good example with the snowdown hike um yeah. yeah it would definitely impact it so so what do you think is like the uh what's the minimum that people if someone's thinking okay i'm just doing strength training my step count is mm -hmm. two thousand steps mm -hmm. obviously we're going to say progressively build that up but like what would you say people should be building up towards as kind of like a minimum to complement the training without getting that interference uh i think like adding slow dosage um like at the end of the session um you know starting literally maybe with like two to five minutes cool down finish off like steady and then progressively build up to maybe eight to ten minutes because obviously as you then go in like anything like 15 20 plus that adds up to your session doesn't it yeah. um but like even just like steady state 10 minutes twice a week can make quite a difference um so i would say that like 
starting small because you don't also want to just go and set the clock for 60 minutes and be like okay i'm gonna do now cardio, cardio. nothing uh, nothing creates soreness like a novel thing so if, yeah. you, if you go for the first run and it's it's not managed wise. So like the first time doing strength training after a two week holiday, you're going to be incredibly sore and it is going to then take away. Did you mention running? Because I think this is the first thing people kind of take on when they want to start doing conditioning. They go for a run because that's something what people I think genuinely like they got to do, they, yeah. they gotta do or they know how to do because if you just come to a gym, you don't really know what to use. Um, and this is what I think they make mistakes when they just go for like long runs. Like someone would just literally go for like five or maybe 10K with no experience of previous running, which I don't think anyone should do like small mileage building up. I think girls from the gym now are, they've signed up for health management. Um, and they again started um like I think Ada and Amman's doing it and they started running but I think they maybe slightly overshot it as well mm-hmm. because they haven't been running for a while and I think straight away they went into quite like long distance yeah because for that they've definitely got the fitness for, mm-hmm. for a half marathon but it's just about building up that training volume on top because they're not just doing nothing they're, they're adding it on top of already a, yeah. I mean they did Metcon last night and this morning like yeah. they, 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 they do a lot of training yeah. they've added more onto it and it, it, it's yeah. probably exceeding what they can do um what do you think like for people that maybe like for myself, <clears throat> first recommendation would be to increase your step count, like get mm-hmm. your daily step count mm-hmm. to a to a, an acceptable level. And again, from the research, everyone says ten thousand steps, but I think the research is like you get a good, you get all the benefits for from health indicators from about seven thousand steps. Mm-hmm. So I think gradually building up towards there is a really good starting point. And then that doesn't actually take time from your session if you if you only got an hour three times a week. Adding the 20 minutes can be tough, but if you are time limited, just getting your steps up in and around it. And it's simple swaps, like just park, park slightly further away, walk to the shop rather than driving to it. And all of a sudden you've done a couple of thousand steps. Like obviously these things are on a flip time consuming, uh, but I, let's say, walk everywhere. Like I don't have a car, so that's the reason. (laughs) You've got no option. But like I, let's say, live on the second floor, but I I never take lift, like never. Um anywhere I go or any like if I can I I just do my steps like even here like I would you know clean the gym over the gym like I'm using it like a step count yeah like obviously because we're quite fortunate because we're very active in the job but we could easily have a couple of hours just sedentary because when we're doing admin stuff but like you know you got to make a conscious effort to try and get and then on a class similarly but yeah we're fairly active like on man like my average is 30,000 steps so that's crazy but it yeah is crazy, but yeah that's but... what you used to so yeah yeah uh, and I guess that includes when you're doing like an hour of conditioning as well 100 so, percent, yeah. yeah but yeah probably step count is a good way to start with if you know your activity yeah. is quite low um I think it might be quite hard to like know how, how many steps you do unless you have like a watch or phone on you which yeah. counts steps but I think people can in general general say if they're active or no yeah um like they know if they spend literally whole day behind the desk or no um so as you said like adding step counts um as like a generic guide so moving a little more doing these simple swaps parking further um okay and then in a gym what would you say how would you how would you go about around it if if let's say someone's a powerlifter and they say, okay, look, like, I think I want to get a little fitter. How would you go around this? Would you just add them a session on top of their training goal? 
the first thing I would do is add the step count okay. because I think mm -hmm. that's super easy. It's the easiest way to get your activity up. Uh, it's the easiest way to get like a good return on your fitness and you haven't really got to put any effort into it. You just got to make small conscious mm -hmm. changes. Like you can, 7,000 steps equates to about 40 minutes of walking, I think, 40, 45 minutes. Um, so you've literally just got to, that's the minimum really that you, you you can do. And I think that's quite easy and attainable to do. Mm -hmm. If someone then say, look, I've got an extra bit of time. I want to improve my fitness levels. I'd first of all recommend trying to do some like outside stuff because I think the psychological and physical benefit of being outside would outweigh adding an extra session in the gym. And if they're already a powerlifter, they're probably doing like four or five sessions a week. I'd probably tell them to just maybe try and do something outdoor and find something they enjoy doing, a walk, a team sport, something silly like that. Um, if they actually really wanted to do the gym, then I would absolutely start with like the lowest dosage of it I can. I'd probably say like, yeah, five to seven minute walk. Um, and then I'd probably work the, the duration to about 15 minutes. And then from there, start to add the intensity. Mm -hmm. I think you don't want to go much longer than like 15, 20 minutes for it. Um, if you're already doing like a, a fairly tough powerlifting session. And I'd probably also put it on like the, the higher stress days because people always think, oh, this is a tough day. So mm -hmm. I'll add my cardio on a separate day. And then all of a sudden it eats into the recovery or you do it on an easy day, then your easy day becomes a hard day and all your days are then tough. So I would try and add it on a, a harder day, which is tough for people to, to get their head around to begin with. But I think eventually that's going to be better for balancing out the rest of the training as well. Are you saying this um, from your own experience? Like, let's say you, you train four times a week in the gym. Is five now. Five, okay. Five now, I'm an athlete. Changed. Uh, but is it because you wouldn't like to go to gym that extra day? You prefer to be outdoors? Well, personally, I, like, I mean, I play basketball two days a week, the other two days. So I train five days, and the other two days I'm playing basketball. Um, and for myself, that's great because it's, it's social time. Yeah. It's outside, which the majority of the time I'm working indoors. So it's nice to get outside for a couple of hours a week. You also then got to walk to the basketball place. So you're getting more steps in. So for myself, like that's the best, like comparing playing basketball with your friends for an hour compared to being on the treadmill by yourself, listening to a podcast. Mm -hmm. It's just a little bit monotonous. Yeah. And I think most people would agree that not everyone's got the luxury of being able to, to get all the friends yeah. together to play a team sport, but yeah. going outside is it something everyone could do instead of going on the bike for an hour you could walk around the canals yeah. or walk around wherever you're from um yeah. and i think that's just an easy way of getting the, the steps up i did uh, i just started swimming instead of like doing a cardio session because again like it just changes up changes it up a little bit we spend so much time here that like it's nice to get yeah, somewhere yeah, else yeah. so yeah the psychological effect is a big one like if you just say someone to do an hour cardio session if you're giving deal. someone a tough session as well and then you're saying right you've got your tough powerlifting session yeah. and then to finish it up you've got 20 minutes on the treadmill it already becomes like that little bit of a barrier for people to be like oh like it goes from being an enjoyable experience yeah. to be like oh fuck mondays are tough i've got yeah. an hour and a half of weights and then 20 minutes of cardio and i think it can get like psychologically tough i have a few people that enjoy doing it and if you mm. enjoy doing it fantastic crack on but if you really don't enjoy doing cardio in the gym but you want to build up your fitness there's a lot of stuff outside of the gym that you can do because it doesn't like i said it doesn't take a, a massive lot you're not training to run a marathon or a five if you're doing it to try and improve your training and get as much out of your training as you can from recovery from reducing the amount of time you're going to be in the gym but then also your ability to produce to, to perform hard sets. It's a very small amount that you have to do to actually get there. And I think the daily step takes the most out of it. And then 15 to 20 minutes of like low activity can also be mm -hmm. beneficial, but only if people need to do it or want to do it. Sorry. I'm happy with that. Anything Fantastic. Like uh, yes, I want to talk about the, the flip. So on the flip side, we've talked about the interference and we spoke about adding cardio. Where should people start with the uh, the opposite? They're doing all the Metcom mm -hmm. work. They're doing their conditioning, strength training. What, what would you recommend? 
structure, <laughs> if, if it's okay to say. Like, let's say, let's say they're just trying to get as much out of it as they can. Mm -hmm. We've said the minimum dose okay, for okay. cardio. What's the minimum that you would give, say, someone strength? Twice. Of half an hour? Twice a week. Yeah, yeah I agree. Okay. Two full body sessions, <clears throat> heavily based around the compound movements. It can be easily done, but yet one's not enough. Um, one is incredibly tough, like, to, to see anything. Uh, Two yeah. times a week is, is fantastic if you can commit to it. And it can be as simple as something knee dominant, something hip dominant, oh, push yeah, full, a little bit of core, <clears throat> twice a week. Trying to be progressive in nature, trying to progress things as and when you can, as long as your technique is still good enough to do so, uh, will have a massive effect then on your ability to produce force and the conditions. I think in two weeks already you would see you moving better, like a bit more quality, a bit more awareness better motor control um i really like like when people from medcons here i see starting doing a bit more strength work yeah. um I, I think everyone can see the benefit which obviously we know that that is the benefit but um i don't know i think people just maybe were scared yeah, I think um, so. People people like what they're good at and people enjoy mm. what they're good at. And then if they don't enjoy it, but they might see the benefit of it, it can be yeah. it can be a little bit daunting. Um, but I think like just, yeah, it, it can be such a low dosage of them to, for people to get in. Once you've got that first couple of weeks on the about, it's absolutely fine. Yeah. Like trying to get 7,000 steps in for someone that does 1,000 steps is really daunting. But then as soon as you just make these small subtle changes and all of a sudden you're doing 5,000, then it's a little bit of an effort to get the last two. Um it becomes a lot more manageable you know this makes me think that when we when we speak about gym and like you know you for you training is like an everyday thing and it's like a normality but giving someone recommendation like okay do three 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 conditioning sessions a week and two strength sessions like it might sound like a lot to someone yeah it is it's a hell of and, a lot it's a yeah big commitment, and not everyone wants to spend that much time doing this isn't it like it just makes me think that like for us it's such a like a normal, normal thing, thing. <laughs> was actually yeah. but if you were let's say you know you are time pressed you only could do two sessions a week you could easily do you know 30 40 30 minutes of strength yeah. training and 20 minutes of cardio exactly. that could be a lunch time yeah. twice a week mm -hmm. so we're talking about people now that really want to like push the training hard but yeah. if you were just someone that was looking to improve their fitness and improve your strength and just your overall quality of life feel a little bit better maybe look a, uh, a different way um two times a week for like 45 to an hour is, is is a good amount of time as a starting point and then obviously it needs to get a bit progressive in nature but mm -hmm. um two times a week is is, is a yeah. good starting point so we're talking a lot of people for that really want to push the training but it's relevant for people that also just want to improve the fitness um if you do have only two sessions i do think the priority should be the strength training part at that point and then trying to get your activity up outside of that mm. but yeah, but in that case, let's say doing half session strength and half session conditioning or adding that little conditioning at the end will definitely impact another in a massive way if you start in. Yeah. Second, sorry. Like if you're a beginner or if you like, if it's a new thing for yourself and you will do your strength session twice a week, adding a little bit of cardio at the end, that's when that interference doesn't come in. Oh, it doesn't. I thought you said it does. No, 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 it doesn't. No, 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 definitely would. Because like, you know, often people come into training and the first question is like, how many medcons can I do? Uh, is it going to impact my strength work? Yeah. Well, no, like at that stage. Yeah. No, don't worry about it. That's what I wanted to For say. For most people, they don't need to worry about the interference at all. Exactly. And especially when you're first starting out because... You do first what you want to, what's the priority for yourself. And for most people, that's strength training, because you'd rather push your strength training harder and then your conditioning be like 5% slower. Definitely than it would be has to be about. priority, yes. Like doing maybe a bit more, but 
yeah, nothing to worry about there. Nothing to worry about. <laughs> Sonia has signed it off. You've got nothing to worry about. You can do your cardio. You can do your strength training. Yes. Fantastic. Um, I think that pretty much covers everything you want to talk about. So, yeah, if you're looking to try and get a little bit more out of your training, you're trying to build up your fitness, you want to improve your ability to do volume, then start with that step count, get your steps up to uh, you know, a decent amount. 7,000 is what the literature would say would be a good starting point. Uh, maybe add some low-level cardio and then progressively build it up. And hopefully you start to feel a little bit fitter, able to recover better, get a little bit more out of your volume training. Um, and then vice versa, if you're doing conditioning and you're looking to, to get a little bit more to them, produce more speed and power, a couple of strength training sessions a week to complement that, focus on full body and being progressive is probably also a good starting point. So I hope you found that useful, guys. If you have any questions, as always, you can link them below. And until next time, we will speak to you soon. Excellent. Have a good day.